Hello, and welcome to the Brick and Mortar Detroit podcast, where we discuss business, real estate, lifestyle, and travel. I'm your host, Eric Andrews, founder and owner of Brick and Mortar Detroit Real Estate Brokerage. I started this podcast with boots on the ground insights from not just one, but as many industry professionals that I could find. Today's guest is Afton Malone, realtor, proud wife, and mother of four. Hi, Afton. Welcome. Thank you for coming on to the Brick and Mortar Detroit podcast. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, first, again, thank you so much for having me. I really, really, really appreciate it. Um, and yeah, so I am a real estate agent. Um, been licensed for one of five years now. Um, mother of four. So I was just letting you know my youngest is 19 months. So wow. I have a three-year-old one-year-old seven and 12 um and yeah so <laughs> so how is how's that going with real estate and COVID and I mean we know it's chaos but I, don't, I gotta hear more I just do yes it is um it is chaos because I have you know my business that I'm trying to do right you know mm-hmm. it's ever-changing it's mm-hmm. always something that we need to do need to learn right you can never do enough absolutely and then I have my mother's side and then they're also doing homeschool and we're potty training at this moment as well yes so it's a lot of moving parts um so yeah it's it's chaos but I love it Mm -hmm. you know it keeps me kind of on my toes um and it's a great motivation you know Mm because sales you can get down to the dumps really quick (laughs) (laughs) yes you can you absolutely can. So yeah, and, and that's what we're here to talk about. Yeah. And COVID definitely, I had a, definitely had an impact with COVID and, um, you know, real estate. So, um, but yeah, it's a great motivation. I love it. You know, it keeps me up. So otherwise I'm blessed, you know, I'm happy to have all of it. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, okay. So tell us, are you a broker or an agent? I'm just an agent. Okay. An agent. Yeah. I have hopes of being a broker. Um, hopefully with the next, maybe a year or so, but okay. right now I'm just an um, agent. <laughs> well, you got enough to manage, so <laughs> we don't need you to become a broker just yet. It's okay. No, it's you got to always, you got to always. <laughs> you striving to go higher. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. So are you a lifetime Detroiter? Yes. Born and raised here. Uh, went to DPS um, all my life. Then okay. went to Michigan State, which you know, um, and then went to Wash College. So all of my education is either in Detroit or in Michigan somewhere. So Perfect. Perfect. So you're like the perfect person that we should be talking to. Yeah. And so what would you say you love most about Detroit? Um, I love the energy that we have, um, especially when you go outside of like the state, everywhere you go, I feel like if you say you're from Detroit, you get respect, period, period, automatic, like automatic, right? So I think it's our energy. I think it's our style. Um, you know, we, you know, my husband's telling me this all the time, like they take stuff from us all the time and they use it in other areas. So yeah, Detroit just has a lot of flavor, a lot of style, um, and it's just deeply rooted in a lot of culture. You know, outside of the African-American community, um, we have a lot of Asian, you know, Americans here as well. We mm-hmm. have a Hispanic, you know, so Polish, yes. you know, so it's just a very nice eclectic city, you know, yes. that even though we've had our problems, but at the end of the day, we stay strong. So very and true. As, as Detroiters, we have that too, right? Yeah. But always it's kind of 
you know, yes, absolutely. get it, get it. <laughs> and it's funny because, you know, no matter what ethnicity you are, you're still Detroiter. You can tell, exactly. you know, so it's like you could be Polish or you could be Asian or you could be black or Hispanic, but you still have that Detroit flag. Exactly. Yeah. Is this a type of flag that we have? You know, yes. that's undeniable. So absolutely. I love it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so real estate wise, like where are you specializing as of late? Uh, so I've, so of course Detroit, um, and I have been venturing on into Metro Detroit as well. So, but like closer, um, I'm an East Sider. So closer to, you know, East Side, uh, Warren, East Point, St. Clair Shores, um, Gross Point, I've ventured out to the West, but that's kind of where my area is. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. And if you're not from Detroit, there's a Detroit East West thing. And so like Detroit is huge. And that's why she made a point of saying that she was yeah, from And you know what? And I'm so yeah. sorry. <laughs> I'm so used to doing that. Um, <laughs> so yes, I love Detroit all over. But yes, there is an East and a West. Absolutely. I'm, I'm from the East side. So. Absolutely. I'm from the West side, but Detroit is huge. And so like, you know, the East side is easily like 20 to 30, maybe 30, right. 50 right. minutes across town. And so sometimes I don't go to the east side just right 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 it, it is crazy because like Detroit is big but it's small you know so people that yes. live here you know what I yes. mean like yeah. well there's only so many places that are developed so everybody still has to congregate in the exactly. same area so, right? exactly. that's definitely a thing here so if you, if you didn't know now you do know it's, exactly uh, you know, I'm, I'm a west sider I'm a district you know I'm east side, whatever so you don't really hear I'm a north sider like no so no. anyway <laughs> lost so what areas are you special Specializing in, I guess, like what neighborhoods particularly would you say are the ones that you tend to serve? Uh, so right now, okay, so I am from East um, English Village. That's okay. where I was raised. Okay. Um, and then I was fortunate enough, me and my family, we moved here about maybe a year, a little bit over a year ago, we bought our house here. Mm -hmm. So I love this area. This is going to be my area. I've mm -hmm named it to be my area How you um so this is for 2022 this is my project um Absolutely. And just because i love it so much um you know it just people have been here for years i've seen how the neighborhoods were impacted through 2008 my parents were still here so they were still able to stay strong beautiful brick houses here um just you know the culture and the history that's here so this is my my place right now absolutely and do you have like any history or any information or how would you describe east english village for people who might be looking to move here um, you know? east english village is very charming um neighborhood yeah. there's a lot of up-and-coming businesses that are here a lot of development going on um in like the warren and mac area and like the casual area so if you're thinking about detroit East English Village is literally steps away from Gross Point and all the other points. Um, I don't even know if I'm saying it right. So we're like the, the border, the end yeah. border of the east side of Detroit. Absolutely. And then we also have Morningside too. So um, a lot of businesses, um, a lot of nice, genuine, happy people that are here. Um, it's very diverse. Um, and like I said, we've been able to kind of stand the test of time when a lot of neighborhoods were seeing really bad blight and a lot of movement um you know when the crisis happened they stayed strong you know yes. none of the houses caved um all of the neighbors were here um and they took care of the neighborhood you know they're very big on making sure the grass are cut you know that curb appeal is it so we have a um a community um uh what am i trying to say association 
Yes, an association. Um, Bill, he's awesome. He lives like right up the street. So it's just a really good area, really good neighborhood. The um, neighbors are awesome. Always look out for each other. So it's a good harmony that's here. Absolutely. And that's just something I've always loved about like more of the historic neighborhoods, you know, mm -hmm. this have been established for so long that, you know, mm -hmm. like I live in a university district. I grew up in mm -hmm. Charlotte Forest. And, yep. you know, obviously sometimes those are neighborhoods that are a little bit harder to get into, but badly, but areas that get the attention of the city and people yeah. like that are places where you can find community and longevity. And like you Absolutely. said, through 2008 and that whole period, a lot of these neighborhoods stay really strong. Yeah. So that yeah. was definitely something that kind of brought me here because if you're going to make an investment, especially if you get in right. a little bit time, you right. want to make sure that you don't end up underwater, or at least if you do, that, it, you know, the neighborhood is not going to yeah, be yeah, light yeah. and, you know, crime and things like that. So Yep, yep. is great. You're going to get a lot of my referrals from the east side because I want to drive. So there we go. See, here we are. <laughs> here we are. So what impact have you noticed on the present day market since the start of COVID? Uh, <laughs> so um, in the beginning of COVID, um, you can tell it was it was heating up. It wasn't there yet, but it was getting there. It was like right at that tipping point. And then we just had this halt, you know, where we couldn't do anything. Um, and then as soon as they literally unlocked the door, it was just like a surge of what, 20 to 30 buyers to one house, right? Oh, so <laughs> it was ridiculous. It was insane. And then interest rates were like dirt cheap. Like it was in saying I mean it was literally like and I know people probably hear this all the time and I know you know okay. but literally here today gone tomorrow oh yeah like, a few hours was, on the market and you know you, 30,000 over we don't have to wait it was anymore. insane <laughs> it was insane and I mean I've seen I've, I've I saw people lined up you know to get into I was in line to get into <laughs> right you know um so it was really crazy it brought a lot of buyers um but unfortunately not a lot of sellers, you know, to kind of uh, level the playing field. But then on the flip side, I feel like that the pandemic helped a lot of agents. You know, it kind of got us to be very creative, very innovative in how we do things. Um, we're doing things virtually. You know, we're still doing things virtually now, but open houses virtually. Absolutely. I'm doing showings on FaceTime, on Zoom, you know, yes. Yes. TikTok. And, you know, so it just kind of, um, I think the biggest thing for me is, letting people know that our industry is very important, you know, and that we just have to kind of adapt, you know, to it. Absolutely. Um, now it's not as heavy, you know, you can see that it's kind of toning down just a little bit. Well, it's January too. So, you know, that's still on the ground. That too, that too, that too. So it's still there, but um, yeah, the pandemic, it kind of bought it out. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and then too, for me, I was pregnant at the time. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so everything hard. Oh my gosh. Right. So, I mean, but I was like, I'm not gonna let it stop me, you know? So mm -hmm. it was good. You know, it was really, really good, but um, yeah, it definitely kind of bought out some good things for agents and not of like good things for a lot of sellers, you know, which was awesome. Yeah. And I'll say it definitely changed the game. Yeah, Absolutely. no, it definitely changed the game. I mean, I Absolutely. literally sold houses to people who didn't live here over a yeah. virtual tour and they yeah, trusted yeah. into the house until they moved in. Yeah. You know? so yeah. That's kind of why I also started this show so that you can kind of meet realtors, meet agents and industry professionals, get an idea of their personality, their mm -hmm. area of business, and then, you know, actually maybe 
start with someone that you have some concept of who mm-hmm. they are or how they are and if you guys would mesh well so yeah. you know yeah. a lot of people are buying houses in Detroit without ever seeing them and I'm like, yeah wow. yeah I got a lot I got a couple people um from like Zillow you know seeing myself mm-hmm. on Zillow and mm-hmm. they were from out out of out of the state never been here before just knew that I, th- I think he was from one of them was from Vegas <laughs> but he just knew that Detroit was hot you know yes. but at the same time still really not understanding the market you know so you know when you have that and unfortunately it's like well it's not just as simple as putting in the offer you know you got to be ready to compete because yes. You know, it's the pandemic because it's crazy everywhere. And two, because we're in Detroit and everybody's trying to get here. You know, yeah. so it was, it was, it was crazy. It was a crazy momentum, but it um bought the best and it also bought the worst out of a lot of people. And I think that it just kind of showed you, you know, if this yes. is what you really want to do, then you know, you gotta kind of do it. And Absolutely. if you don't want to do this, then you gotta get out. So absolutely. And you know, just to kind of expound on that a little bit. The market in Detroit was already tricky, you know, so it really boils down to neighborhoods and finding a good neighborhood. And if you find a good neighborhood, then you might have to also look for a particular street or block because it's still maybe wider. Yeah, it's like you might be (laughs) one house on a block sometimes. So it might not be where you want to live. Maybe you do. I don't know. Right, right, right. I was just about to say that because you could be in a good area, but then you have these pockets, right? So one street block is beautiful. Then you right. go maybe the next block and it's like no houses on the block. At exactly. All. So you just ha- and it's hard to um, describe this to people if you don't understand, because that's not necessarily it's a bad place. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, yes. I think that exactly. we, we get that, you know, it's not oh, absolutely live there. Yes. It's just- it's yeah, and it's, so it's like if you're interested in a house, go on Google Earth and look around right, it because right, it's right. think that it's in a neighborhood, but maybe right. it's not, or I mean, maybe right. it is, but just like there's right. no houses on that block particularly, exactly. Exactly. and so that made it tricky. But then people weren't really doing like, in my opinion, for a while, good renovations. They were doing, they were called a renovation, but it was like a rehab. So you like paint over cabinets horribly and all types oh of stuff. God. Every all the work was shoddy, and it's still kind of shoddy sometimes, but. Yeah. Long story short, if someone did a good renovation that was really nice, you still had the same effect where everybody was kind of going yep. towards this one house. And so yep. now you're, yep. you've got that happening and yep. COVID and inflation and everything yep. like that. So this is why people are having 30 offers, yep. 30,000 over asking whatever it may be to try to secure a home. And so that is the tricky part that I talked yeah. about yeah. in Detroit. Yeah, yeah. And then too, because we're here, you know, you, we, and I know some people can, but I think because we have the knowledge, we can tell if something is shoddy or not, you know, just from. How about the address? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, so and like, I'm like, eh, I don't think you want to do that, you know? Right. Eh, so yeah. you got to go on FaceTime. Look, let me, I'm telling you, you know, yes. so yeah. It was, and a lot of times you have to like, just, you know, okay, I'm going to show it to you. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you, they'll learn eventually. Right, just right, listen, right, I can cut all right. Out the way. Absolutely. Right, right, right. <laughs> gotcha. Well, okay, we're on the same page. Gotcha. So let's see what's next here. And so what obstacles have you and your home buyers come up against, like, overall? <sighs> okay, well, um well okay number one let let me say this so I work with sellers but um I have I work with more buyers okay 
And a lot of the buyers that I work with are first-time buyers. And so when we were getting into this market, the seller's market, which, you know, they're hearing, oh, it's good, you know, but a lot of first-time buyers, they don't have the liquid cash to compete, you know, like a lot of people. So what we were finding is that they were, of course, being outbid, but not just, I'm talking about 20 to $30,000, you know, just. Yes. Outbid, you know, like just outbid period. No competing. Oh my God. You know, and they they couldn't cut it. So right. what you have to do and what we were finding, even me, you know, because I've never been in a seller's market before. So mm-hmm. it was very frustrating for me because I'm telling you everything to do. You know, I'm telling you, oh, you know, let's do this, let's do this. And let's and it's not to say we weren't going higher. We were going higher, you know, but they were topping us even high. You know, it was crazy. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> People were paying cash for two hundred fifty. And then what do you do? You know? What do you do? Right? The house is one eighty. They'll pay you two thirty in cash. We're oh my god! Close in two weeks. Listen, mm, and, then, and waving, <laughs> waving the appraisal. You know, yes, so exactly. and my buyers they can't do it, and it's like I can't fault you for not being able to do it because I understand. You know, Absolutely. we, you know, a lot of the first time buyers are millennials. They're our age. Exactly. You know, and they just coming out of school, they're trying to have their families, they have all these things that's stacked up against them. So they got the pre-approval, but now you're telling me I can't get the house. So we were just trying to be more creative. And I also have to learn that too. You know, it's not always about the purchase price. You know, the purchase price is good, but it's about the terms, you know, all those things matter. And, you know, so I can overbid $20,000, but if I'm if I can't close in 45 days, or if I have this huge um, 10, 15 day contingency, you know, all these things. So it's like, okay, well, I know you can't do that. So let's sweeten it up a little bit. Let's waive your inspection. You know, let's, you know, do that, do a pre-inspection. Let's do like a health and hazard inspection, Mm -hmm. or um, let's offer, you know, no occupancy, you know, a lot of the buyers, I mean, a lot of the sellers, they were also buyers. Mm. And that was very tricky too, you know, because you have like, what are my buyers? They were from out of state. Well, they couldn't really afford to give you occupancy because where were they going to go? But that was the name of the game. So, you know, you just have to learn how to play with those little things, you know, okay, I'll give you free occupancy and I'll make sure that my buyer has already went through underwriting. So that way we can close in 20 days. We can close in 25 days, you know? Um, And I think that that's just kind of how you navigate. It's not always, like I said, about the price. And I think even as an agent, you know, when I had the listings, I had to learn that too. You know, Mm -hmm. just throwing money at my clients doesn't mean that you're giving my clients the best offer. You want to make sure that it's seamless as possible for both parties. And sometimes you have to go like a little bit beyond the price. So yes. Yes. Um, and I mean, and it, it, look, Eric, it kicked my butt. I can be. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not the only one. That's why, oh man, that's why I'm like talking to everybody. Everybody's saying the same thing because at the end of the day, it really just matters of like the buying power that your yeah. buyer has. Yeah. But it's not that you can't find a house, not that you won't have an opportunity, but it's about being prepared and being open minded, being creative, being flexible, and ready to jump when you're ready to jump. Like, yeah. oh no, not I can't do it now. This might be your yeah. only opportunity. And so, listening to my podcast and getting a familiarity with your market and things like that, but coming up with the strategy and knowing what you can and can't do earlier, talking that over with your agent, right? Putting that down and saying, well, here's my number, right? I'm not going to go over this number. I can't go over this number. Here's what we're going to offer. Here's how much we can come up, but it helps you easily say, oh, you know what? We can't do this one. Let's move on, right? Because your time is not really 
beneficial to you. Yeah, yeah. And I think so too that um, just like you were saying, which I think this is also great, like you said, because first of all, you don't get a lot of agents or just people, period, kind of just giving you the truth, you know, hardcore truth of what it is, you know, what it is. And just like you were saying, the that market it let them know this is what you can do and what you can't do mm-hmm. and if this is not your time it's okay you know so i've had right. clients like that you know and i just you it's just not it's just mm-hmm. not your time and it's okay that it's not your time because this you can't compete you know and don't take it that way just let's just wait a few minutes you know maybe get some more money you know save right. that you can be a little bit more liquid because you know you telling me you have this amount of money in the bank that you know, that means nothing. <laughs> and what we're, we're probably going to talk about, you know, a lot of these buyers also, they don't really know how the process goes, you know, so, you know, they don't really understand, you know, it's not just about when you get to the closing table, it's no. money that exchanged through this whole process. Sure. So Absolutely. That money, yeah, right. So that money that you think you have, you really don't have that because you got to spend some money through this whole thing. So Absolutely. Um, it was, it, it was a lot. I, I learned a lot just as an agent. I learned a lot. Um, and I told, this is why I tried to prepare them as much as I can, you yes. know, try to prepare yes. buyers, try to educate them and just, it's okay. If it's not your time, it's okay. Just wait a few more months. Oh yeah, absolutely. Especially okay. if you have that flexibility and that's when you buy a house, right? right? If you're not right. paying rent or, you know, maybe right, right. living with your parents, that's when you have the time and the flexibility to say, mm-hmm. oh, maybe it's not my time. I'll just save up some more money or whatever yep. it may be. But yeah. Yeah, we're good yep. agents, and we we don't want people to buy houses and end up underwater because exactly. the economy goes up, the economy goes down, and you know for some right. people they end up underwater because you were competing with some person back in the day, and now you paid too much for your house and they've upgraded mm-hmm. or whatever, but now it's not worth that. Yeah, and yeah. So, you know, it's about making a smart investment for yourself so that you can actually build from there, and not really yep. always have to backtrack and work backwards because time is of the essence, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, yeah. And then too, and I had somebody who were getting so desperate, you know, and I, like you yeah. said, this is a huge purchase, you know, so don't get so desperate that you're just picking anything, you know, because yeah. you can always change your search options, mm-hmm. you know, maybe look at something a little different, maybe look at something at a lower price point, maybe look at something yes. where you can um, build up a little bit, you know, so yes. it was just different things. And then too, also, um, and I had to tell a lot of my buyers just, you know, it's okay to put in backup offers. Because if you notice, a lot of those homes were going right back on the market. Oh, yeah, they usually <laughs> do. And that's yeah. the thing, right? Like a smart person wants to snag it and tie it up off the market before it even gets interest. So they don't have the seller who feels like, oh, I got 30 offers. Yeah. It doesn't matter what happens here. And so that used to be a tactic that, you know, yep. a lot of people use is just make a crazy offer yep. and then, you know, have the inspection and then really start negotiating and things yep. of that nature. And so yep. backup offers are good. I communicate and connect with other agents that are selling houses and say, hey, let me know, you know, yeah. and they yeah. will. They'll yeah. create and they a little will. list. And a lot of people by that time have already moved on to some other yep. house and yep. here you are. Now you're playing with, yep. you know, you have to communicate. It's not like, oh, like, no. Yeah, 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 because we, because, you know, we, we're, we're co-workers, you know what I mean? So we, we are, you know, I, I have to talk to you because we're on the same team. You're trying to get a house sold. I'm trying Absolutely. to get your house sold. So oh, yeah. having that conversation, hey, let me know. And you have some really great agents. They will call you. You know, oh, they, yeah. they'll just tell you up front. Hey, listen, I had a talk, uh, you know, hey, look, your offer was nice, but let me just tell you what you're up against. It, 
Okay. You know, so exactly. And then from there, you can either go on or you yep, know what your client yep, can do or yep, whatever. But yep. you know, to me, being as candid as possible as far as your client will let you is, is really what gets you going mm-hmm. or whatever. Because you know, oh hey, this deal it probably won't go through or whatever. But you know, what do you have yep. over there? And then kind of positioning yourself that whole time while they're doing their inspection for seven days while you still look at other houses and you're starting to get your other offers in with your contingency. Yep. Just finding some power. You know, yeah, yeah, being, some leverage being, somewhere. Somewhere. It's always there. You just have to always. be flexible. You have to be creative. Mm-hmm. And you can't get so like focused on one thing mm-hmm. because if you do, then you will get desperate. And when you get desperate, people smell that and they will take advantage yes. of you. And it just yes. doesn't work in your favor. So right, right, be flexible. Right. Make sure you have time. Make sure you have the money. Decide if you want to do work or not. Do you want to do a fixer upper, how much of a fixer upper and be honest and realistic because even the best rehab still have other issues. They still oh. have well, actually a lot of issues usually that you have to do. Maybe the garage is not right, right, down right, down right, or, right, you know, right. The roof still needs work and that's yep. nice, but you know, hey. So things to think about. So I would say, how have you overcome any of those obstacles? Do you have anything in mind that you could cite as far as like strategies that you guys use that work um so one strategy was playing with the terms that was a big thing that was a game changer for a couple of uh my clients in particular uh maybe one um so we didn't always i don't necessarily advise people to waive inspections that's just Oh, that's not, yeah, no, nah. <laughs> nah. you know, but, um, this industry, I mean, that market, sure. people were doing it. So, um, maybe do a pre-inspection, you know, that, that was a huge game changer, huge game changer, um, uh, because you kind of get a preview, you know what I mean? It's, it's sure. that, but that was one thing that really worked, um, for one of the people that I had. Um, and then I had another one where we just kind of put a step back, you know, just step back. We kind of regrouped. Um, re- and when I mean regroup, I mean, go back to exactly what we're looking for and be really realistic about what it is that you're trying to get. And then after you kind of regroup, go back into your search and start looking a little bit like, not gonna say lower, but a little bit lower than what you thought you wanted. Because mm-hmm. sometimes your buyers, they can get so caught up in this whole thing that they lose sight of what the goal is of what they have, Absolutely. you know? So, yeah. So let's just cut it out. Let's go back and regroup, see what we're working with and then work from there. So it was, so it was that. And then, like I said, working with the terms, you know, I had a buyer where she was basically done. She was already underwritten. No, she had went through the whole entire process. Okay, nice. So, and that, that was a game changer because that lets the seller know, you know, it's not going to be a long process. Right. It's closing. They're not going to get to the end of the of the process, and then they can't. <laughs> right. or, you know, so forty five days and exactly close. Exactly. So she was basically already done, and then she was able to be more liquid than she thought. You know, mm-hmm. having a good high end EMD is huge. Yes, huge because yes. that's literally putting your money where your mouth is. Absolutely. Absolutely. And this is a little bit of a sidebar. And I think I've said this before on the podcast, but I'm, I'm going to drive this home. So it's already a market that can make you discouraged, right? So there yeah. are things that you have already done just naturally as, as a buyer, which a lot of buyers do, that can also, I guess, add to the weight of feeling discouraged. And so one thing I would recommend 
is getting pre-approved first. <laughs> Get pre-approved first. It's nice to go on Redfin or wherever and actually look at houses and things of that nature and then start fantasizing about all these yep. things you're going to have. But if you cannot afford that house, Why? you're going to force yourself to make changes on that wish list that you haven't made. So make a wish list too after you get your pre-approval and you may not really be happy with those results and then from there you got to get your mind wrapped around that and then you got to go into this market so you're already discouraged before you even really start and you you don't want to do that to yourself just don't do it so sidebar but definitely want to oh yeah yeah on that one pre-approval yeah and then too a pre a pre-qualification is not the same thing as a pre-approval i don't want it I don't want it. I, I don't want it whether I'm a listing agent or a buyer's agent. Listen, really, period. You haven't period. gone through the real process of underwriting. And uh, you're just like, oh yeah, he might get this money. Right, 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 right. <laughs> it's basically like the letters that you get in the mail, you know, when you for the credit card. That's basically. basically what that is. Absolutely. Not the same thing. Like pre-qualification and pre-approval. You want a pre-approval, not a pre-qualification. Thank you. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. And then too, like on the seller side, which, you know, I've known that helped me too, because even with the sellers, you know, they just want to hurry and put the house on the market and then they're going to get all these offers. So one thing that helped me too, with one of the deals that I had is doing pre title work, you know, and I know that might be a, not a big deal for some agents, but oh, no, it's a big deal, especially in Detroit, deal. maybe not in the suburbs so much, but Listen, a lot of these houses have issues or have title issues. Can. It's and nice it to know delay, and start working on it. Delay and day and to the point that you may not even close, you know, right. so you know, you want to sell your house. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's find out that you're good first, you know, yeah. and even doing that and then do, doing a um, pre-inspection, you know, your seller's doing a pre-inspection mm-hmm. because that also helps as well because it lets them see, okay, you want a million dollars for your house. Well, in order to get that million, this is A, B, C, D, E, F, G, that needs to be. Exactly. Exactly. Right. I totally agree. Yeah, totally because agree. you hear all these, you know, I'm happy. Well, you know, they have so, you know, in two days and they got this, you know, it, just because we're in the same. <laughs> <laughs> all the time. Oh, a person across. Well, okay, well, let me see their house. Oh, you know what? They've got like marble and granite. Yeah, or, right. Or it's, not, it's not the same. <laughs> it's not the same. You know, so exactly. sellers have to do just as much due diligence as buyers, you Absolutely. know, too. and it, it helps on both sides. Yes. If you want to be top on the seller's market, that your seller's got to do some work as exactly. well. Don't just putting the house on the market, throwing us some pictures and think you're about to get 30 offers. No. Every house that hit didn't get 30 offers. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And pretty much the houses that were nice, and more so when I say nice, I mean renovated, right? Are yeah. the houses that people flock to. You're dealing with aesthetic. Yeah. Hey, millennials. Yeah. Well, yeah. Maybe not all millennials, but these people want to be able to take pictures in their house and yep. not have to like, you know, yep. prop things yep. and, you know, they want yep. to feel comfortable, invite people over and feel that they have a modern home. And yeah. so sometimes that can be expensive for some people. I'm not saying that everyone has to mm-hmm. do it, but when you're maintaining and managing your home throughout this whole process, you start updating things here and there and so that you can put your house on the market. Exactly. So your agent should be doing a CMA, right? So exactly. I'm not going to just start with some number that you pulled out of your mind. I may ask you what you want to get, but I'm right. going to look around your neighborhood within the last six months and see what's realistic right. with the condition of your home so that we can right. get interest. You can get interest, but you definitely have to get those things in line first. The pre-inspection yeah. will tell you what you may need to fix or not fix in exactly. You're going to want to probably disclose that and say it's been priced accordingly versus putting it 
at a certain price and now people are taking those things off of that price yeah we already already took that off for you so exactly there there are things to do staging your home is a really good one so this isn't necessarily that particular podcast but yeah 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 first time home buyer but yeah things like that this is really good conversation so yeah 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 absolutely um I'm loving it so far. This is this is good information for people. Right. <laughs> Excited. All right. So let's see here. So how would you describe the current Detroit real estate market in a few words? Does anything specific come to mind, like words? Um, competitive but doable. Yeah. Done. I like it. Yeah, like um, I, it's it's still hot, but like you say, you have the, the weather, you know, some other things are kind of put into a place. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, competitive, but doable. I think that houses are staying on the market a little longer, maybe for like 18 days or 19 mm-hmm. days now versus whatever, one day or two days. So, uh, still very competitive, <laughs> but I, you can, you can, you can manage it. So absolutely. This is the time. If I'm going to buy a house, usually yeah. I try to buy a house. I start looking usually august to october yeah right yeah. i like to buy when you guys are busy with family yep. christmas yeah. and thanksgiving you know, and new year all the stuff. exactly so january is still a good time because people are kind of like recuperating in that you know mm-hmm. but once march starts to roll around and then you have you know the, the snow kind of melting and the sun yep. coming out yeah that's when the prices go all yep. the way up you know yep. they're already kind of high right now i'm looking at some they of these are, houses yeah. and i'm like 299 somebody Man, some of the historic districts are they're like well we don't have oh, to do too oh forget about it oh where you are forget it it's ridiculous <laughs> it's, oh my y'all getting real close oh my god <laughs> like sales of houses <laughs> in your area is basically a million dollars just yeah. for the shale yeah well like, uh, <laughs> even, <laughs> even so it's just like size-wise they're so much larger right and so oh, at yeah. some point right if you got houses that are maybe in Bagley for say mm-hmm. they're up to like 275 299 250 or whatever and these are maybe I don't know sometimes starting at 250 350 mm-hmm. 400 500 depending on the size yeah 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 it just only forces the market to kind of make some disparity and yep. so some of this is kind of in my opinion phantom and you have to just kind of keep that in mind that yeah, people yeah. supply and demand so if you got a lot of people that are like oh yeah oh, we want these houses, then they're willing yeah. to pay all these prices that aren't necessarily rooted, I guess, yeah. in, my, in my opinion, in anything. So, <laughs> my opinion. Right, right. <laughs> you gotta say that. <laughs> over and over again, he said it was his opinion. Right, right. If he was like, wait a minute, because I remember I heard you say on your podcast. No. Right, exactly. exactly. Once again, let me drive that home for you. So, I hear you're into education of home buyers. Can mm-hmm. Where is your focus? Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so um, I have the privilege, well, I've had the privilege to host two homebuyer seminars, uh, one right before the pandemic, which was in person, then I did another one during the pandemic, which was virtual, and then I have one coming up this weekend, so um, yeah, I think that, like I said, it's a privilege because, number one, nobody has to come and talk to me, you know, listen to what I have to say, number one, Um, but I think it's really good because a lot of buyers they do not understand the process. Um, so I, you know, get a lot of people who they approach it with either, you have two sides. Mm-hmm. So they either approach it with um, a lot of anxiety and a lot of like negativity, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have the other side where they approach it like they see on TV and they think that, you know, yeah, I mean, they think, I mean, they really think that, you know, like literally yeah. I'm going to see one house 
And then in three days or five days, I'm moving in. No, like, <laughs> no, it's not like that at, at all. Like, <laughs> I mean, so, and it's, and it's a step-by-step process and what I'm learning and even just working with, you know, clients that the clients don't even know what we do. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. even if you tell them it's so many moving parts to this that we are putting out fires that they have no idea that we're putting them out, you know, mm. during this whole thing. So with that being said, you know, I try to tell them step by step, yes. you know, um, you know, number one, do your due diligence, you know, find out what it is that you like, you know, what you're looking for, what, what neighborhood you want to be in. Cause I have people who say, well, I want a four bedroom, two bath. Okay. Where do you think you want to move somewhere in Detroit? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Detroit is huge. It's like 187 miles or something. Square square miles. Right. Detroit is huge, you know? (laughs) So, you know, find your, location you know do you have some amenities you want to be by you want to be a lot of restaurants you want to be by some dog park you know all those yeah like all (laughs) those things matter because what I was saying earlier is you know some buyers you know they're not aware that you don't just need money to close you need to have a deposit or you know an EMD you know a lot of buyers they don't know what that is they didn't even know that they had to have a deposit with a purchase you know purchase agreement so you know and even though that money does go you know but it's still like that's something that you gotta yeah money for you know yeah you gotta have money for an inspection you know they don't even know what a home inspection is they don't know what to look for in a home inspection you know they don't know you know they have to pay for an appraisal you know they what is that? You know, that's could be right. four to six, seven hundred dollars. You know, easy. that you have, easy that you <laughs> pay, you know, like and you can't then, go any further if you can't pay, right? Right, right. And inspection can roll into other inspections, you know, that you True. just never thought to do, you know. So I just step by step. I can't tell you everything, you know, no deal is the same. No. You know, I can't promise that your deal part. is gonna be like, you know, your moms or your sisters. But this to kind of give you an overview of what to expect after we do this, then this is what happened and this is what happens. And they seem to appreciate it a lot more. You know, they seem to be more prepared. They understand. And two, when we get to those hiccups, they're not as stressed out, you know, because, hey, I'm trying to tell you, hey, this is what happens. You know, this may happen. You know, and like I said, no deal is the same. So I can't promise you it's going to be nice there's things that happen that I don't even know that's going to happen you know I mean right. you're out of your control and that you know and that's really part of it is eh, I'm a therapist right I might as well be a therapist but that's part of it is being with someone who sees him experience and kind of knows that you know we can get through this knows who to talk to where to yeah. send you where to guide you yeah. hold your hand right and so before I start our earnest our EMD is an earnest money deposit for anyone who doesn't know what an emd is and so that's one of the beginning things of the process after you actually make an offer you make it with an earnest money deposit that basically says that you have skin in the game and you're serious right um so long story short that's normally if i'm not mistaken about one percent of the purchase price so if it's a hundred thousand dollars your emd is going to be about a thousand dollars but the beautiful part is again what you do is beautiful after because education is why people are so anxious about this you get with someone who is experienced so that they can walk you through the process it's really like seven or eight steps really yeah 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 that is just really who you're working with right so say for instance you got a crazy realtor and they're just full of like anxiety 
and maybe they know what they're doing, but they are disorganized. You're not a disorganized person, right? So then they're just like this, and the processes are already like this, and maybe the other realtors like this, and it's like, oh my god. Well, yeah, your process is gonna be going you know, crazy. Right, right, you know? right, maybe that's what right. you like. I don't like that. Right, know? right, right. Real estate and my investments, and my acquisition. So yeah, being educated really is the first step, you know. So you can definitely find seminars with Afton or people or things mm-hmm. online or even just some a blog post that might tell you what the steps yeah. are which are generally your pre-approval look for houses uh, make an offer earnest money dis- deposit inspection yep. appraisal and like you said the inspection normally for me they're normally cut and dry but you're right it could lead to another yeah. inspection especially if you're doing an FHA versus a conventional you might be required to do other inspections that bring more problems Listen. And the seller just doesn't want to deal with that, right? And so yeah, yeah. there are things to know, and education is everything. And it doesn't take much. No one's trying to talk your ear off for three hours. Right, right, right. What right. you're doing or not doing, and so that you can kind of be prepared to kind of make this a navigable process rather than, you know, a roller coaster, because it is a roller coaster, but yeah. we're just trying to kind of hold it in place long enough for you to get to the other side you know right right right, the right. best transactions have turned into night- nightmares like what happened oh my god and everybody's I, mad at each other you know oh so. my god i'm like i feel like every deal i have is boot camp i tell my brother all the time i'm like am i ever gonna get out of boot camp like no everyone no you will not you just it'll yes, become like, normal no. that's all yes. like, no, no you're not i'm like this is crazy so like and i'm glad that you brought up like having an agent because that's one thing too that um, I try to bring home to them, whoever I'm talking to, you know, I had a consultation the other day and I'm just like, listen, you know, feel free to talk to other agents. Please. Every, every agent is not made the same. Every lender is not made the same. You know, we're, 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 <laughs> we're all people, you know, Absolutely. you have to make sure that you surround yourself with people that you can work with, that you trust, and that is going to communicate with you, you know, because you work so close together because Absolutely. there are so many things because you tell so much of your personal information. Mm. And it's not a bad thing if we don't mesh, you know, no. you, you, no. you know, I just may not be your cup of tea and that's fine. You know, exactly. compatibility. Yeah. Yeah. But then also too, is like, well, what I'm learning as well is like, I don't have to like you to work with you. No. A little bit, but it's all about the respect, you know. Yeah, so, like, hey, if we respect each other, and then we're gonna get to the sure goal. But you want to make sure don't just pick somebody just because somebody said pick them. Make yeah. sure that you have people to have your back. Make yes. sure that you have people that are gonna tell you, you know, lenders, all of us, you know, we're all in this inspectors, you know, whoever you bring into this transaction, you want to make sure that you talk to them, have conversations with them and know that you can trust them and that they're not just, you know, giving you anything just so you can hurry up and make a decision. Absolutely. You know, go online, check their reviews and things of that nature. But compatibility at the end of the day is the most important. It's not that I'm not a good realtor, but I'm not compatible with everybody. And that's just a fact, right? That's just a fact. I'm organized, right? I Mm -hmm. can deal with anti-social people better than I can deal with social people sometimes because, mm-hmm. you know, maybe they want to do, I've done whole transactions through text message, right? Or email and pretty much never really talk to the people on the phone, but you may have a person who wants you to come and physically sign everything, uh, bring your cash to the office or, you know, and if that's for you, that's for you. But I'm a virtual person. Nobody has time to drive across town to it's come and sign okay. Okay. back and forth. And, <laughs> you know, you had to decide early on if this is the realtor for you, right? right. Some people don't want to be called some people do want to be called and so yep. compatibility and these people work for you understand that like, right your realtor works for you 
You right. know, so if you have a buyer's agent, they work for you. So you definitely right. get to choose and talk to other agents yep. and see who's going to be the best fit for you. And understand that most people are putting the face on in the beginning. So you have to kind of try to pick and choose. And how does it speak to you? Right. How yeah. do they speak yeah. to you? Just like you would choose a friend or whatever. Yeah. You should be a friend during this process. Yeah, at the end, right. right. You, you, you usually are friends at the end. <laughs> Oh, I got people. We're going to hang out now. We had like charcuterie boards. The other right, day. right, 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 right. Oh my God. Yes. That's, I think that's like the most important thing. Just, absolutely. you know, try. And like I said, I can't tell you everything, but at least so you'll understand. So when I say certain things, you'll oh, understand yeah. what I'm saying, or, you know, if I, you know. That trust, just that trust yeah. that, that you're going to get them through it. And I can trust what you say because there are realtors out here that, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, do that. Yeah. Oh, do that. oh my yeah. gosh. They it's just don't get paid, you. right? And I'm sure yes. maybe, maybe they're making a lot of money. I just I just can't do that. You can't be saying Eric Andrews steers you wrong. I'm not saying right, I'm going to have right. the best transaction with everybody, right. but you can't have it. You're like, oh, he just steered me wrong. Like, no, exactly. Exactly. That's how I feel like, too. Like, I can't promise you, I can't promise you roses and butterflies every time, but. I think at the end of the day, all of my people can say that I have been very honest with them and I'm there, you know, yes. you need me, you call me, whatever it is, I'm there. You know, Absolutely. if you need me to come into your house so you can sign, I'm there. I will. I will. Right, right. But I'm there, you know, I don't sugarcoat, you know, I try to be as upfront with you as possible. If you don't like it, you don't like it, but I'm being honest. You exactly. Know? And I yeah. think that's just that's just it. You know? Exactly. Exactly. And so, you know, there's some some things that you can really kind of rely upon, like your instincts during the home buying process. So one mm -hmm. thing, go with your gut. Some houses are really nice. Some houses look great. They're on a great block, but they just don't feel right. They don't they speak don't to you. Feel right. Yeah. Period. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Like <laughs> it doesn't speak to you. Cause I say that too, you know, people they'll say, well, how do I know? And I was just like, you'll know when you go in, you, you know, like know. sometimes the house chooses you, you know? So it's not just about like the house can have everything that you wanted, but it just don't feel right. You know, it's cold. Uh, it's not you know, it. It's, right. Yeah. It's just yeah. not it, you know? So I'm like, it's not, you know, I wish that we can look at three houses and that's it. I wish. Sometimes <laughs> you get lucky and you're able to do that. Maybe. That's a big maybe. <laughs> you might look at 50 houses Listen. and still find nothing. And still find nothing, right? <laughs> you know, like, what is this feeling? You know, you got to go by what you feel, you know, and it's okay. It's okay. okay. You know, yes. I'm, this is what I'm here for. It's okay. Absolutely. So, but just know your expectations you know tell tell your person that you're working with what you're looking for tell them don't mm -hmm. don't hide stuff you know mm -hmm. then i hear you talking in a room oh don't hide stuff what are you talking don't, about? don't hide stuff <laughs> and actually speaking of hiding stuff another thing that you can use for your instincts is when you're going through a house that you want to buy or might want to buy just take a look with your eyes right and just like if you notice that they tried to hide something and no matter how simple it was they covered it with a rug or Oh my God. Board or whatever. Oh my gosh. This so says something about either the realtor or Listen. the seller that you're dealing with. That Listen. They probably are hiding things, right? What? Or put like, I can't even think of the name of them. Um, the wall plates that are for GFIs. Oh, yeah. Not really a GFI. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Have you seen a lot of that in the city? What? <laughs> Just I'm like, hey, why? <laughs> You know it's gonna be a problem, holes, and it's not, you know. And then they wonder why they can't sell the house. It's like it's uh, not passing inspection. Just 
just simple stuff. Just be straightforward. Yes, and we can all get through this. Not trying to skimp and scam people, really. Or yeah, but that's a whole nother uh We'll have you back. We're gonna have you back, buddy. (laughs) I like it. All right. So I would guess, well, I have another question, but it's very similar. I think we probably answered it in our last one. So I think I'm gonna just go ahead and skip to the next one. So what is the first thing that you would tell any people who are listening? Who are looking to buy in this market climate in the metro detroit area what would i tell them like what's the first thing that comes to your mind even if it doesn't make sense um make sure you make sure you have some money saved mm. now how much how much money are you okay let's let's say you're buying a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar house how much money do you think that a person might want to have and again it's not you don't have to be rich you just have to be prepared because most of this money is going to get spent it's not like you know yeah. Rich money. This is get a house money. Let's say between let's say at least fifteen to twenty fifteen thousand. Something like that, yeah. Closing costs can really get up there. And that's really mostly closing costs because you have Most like your costs. appraisal and your inspection, anywhere to like three fifty to like seven hundred on yeah. average. Could be more, but if it is, look around if you can. Yeah. Um the earnest money deposit. So it I don't know, $250,000, we're talking about $2,500, right? So let's just round everything up to a grand. So that puts you at about $4,500, let's just call it $5,000. Closing costs are probably the next biggest thing. And if you end up doing other inspections, or let's talk about if the fact that you don't actually buy that house, you still have to pay for the inspection. Then you have to go find another house and pay for another inspection. If you're smart, you're not going to skip on an inspection. Yeah, and that brings me to, I guess, another thing that I would say. Too, if I can add another Please. thing, right? um, and now we talked about this already, but know what you want, mm. know what you want. You know, if you're know passion, what you, <laughs> <laughs> know what you want, talk to your realtor, trust that relationship, right? And the people that are going to be buying with you. So if it's you and somebody else buying, that means it's you, that person, and your realtor. That's that that's that's where it is, right? So all the other outside stuff, you know, because everybody is a house expert, everybody is an inspection expert, everybody knows construction, everybody knows everything, right? Yes. Okay, well, you don't, but <laughs> <laughs> this. <laughs> Silence all the voices because <laughs> it makes everything complicated. It does. And I've had it. You know, you end up looking at a house that you never would have looked at. Never, mm-hmm. never would have looked at. Never would have looked at. I can't. <laughs> never would have. This is very at. specific. But now you yeah, go yeah. through, <laughs> like you know, you go through all these steps only to just realize that I should have never did this. You know, mm-hmm. and only did it because of ABC. You know, exactly. Stick to what you want. Yes. You know? share it with your realtor hey this is what we're looking for this is this we this is what i can skip on this is what i can't skip on this is my price this is this is what it is because anytime you venture out of that you know or you know you don't let one person know what's going on you know it's confusion so yes just stick to stick to what you wrote down write it down so that every time write it down make a list of what you want what you don't want share with your realtor your realtor has industry you know knowledge they can tell you if it's doable if it's not doable what to look for what's not look for you know what exactly like price wise what it doesn't look like you know and just stick to that you know don't switch it up in the middle and then 
I totally agree with that. And it's that's kind of like the wish list or whatever. But yeah, as yeah. an agent, maybe I tend to just take notes of my own. But as a buyer, you can write this down if you like. But you should make a wish list. Before, yeah. Because during your transactions, what happens is emotions start to kind of roll in. And say, for instance, the seller, you guys are just not clicking. And yeah, it's the whole time. It really throws everything out of perspective and it becomes about winning that battle versus getting whatever your goal was. So exactly. for a lot of people, the wish list for me consists of what you want out of a house, how much you want to spend on a house, what your goals are, right? Yeah. And then we refer back to that yeah. instead of referring to winning this one battle over inspection. Like, well, okay, right. maybe that little GFCI outlet that you can fix yourself. Like, hey, I'm your realtor. I'll come fix it later. No, I'm right, not right, right, right. It's electrical. Right. I'm not going to do it. But we'll get somebody... <laughs> We'll get somebody there to do it for you. But regardless, that shouldn't stop you because they said, yeah. no, you, you're going to make them do it or whatever. You should be able to move forward because you're gaining a whole property and an affordable, you know, so yeah, be able yeah. to refer back to write it down, put it in your notes, email yeah. to yourself, write it. I don't know how people do things these days, but yeah, that's important to be able to refer back to what this, what you wanted when you weren't, you know, emotionally compromised mm -hmm. and what you're getting and if they're, you know, in line with each other and stick yeah. with that. That, that'll get you through all the way. And as your realtor, Absolutely. I'm like, oh no, no, remember you said you wanted that. And and like you said, there are certain neighborhoods that are not built in a certain capacity, right? Absolutely. So you may want I don't know, big bedrooms or this, this, that, and the other, or maybe a four or five bedroom or something that's not a bungalow. Certain neighborhoods are just not made like that, right? Absolutely. Certain neighborhoods were built at certain times and yeah. they were intended for certain people or certain yeah. family sizes, but the people were smaller or whatever it may be. Yeah, yeah. They didn't have as much stuff because they weren't as gluttonous as us or anything. Right, so right, you right. may not find what you need in a particular neighborhood. Right. The realtor's going to be like, look, man, you're not going to find that here. And you right, and it's okay. Look. <laughs> yeah, you can continue to look and just tell you probably not. And if you do, there might be one or two homes, but like slim, you know, that yeah. type of stuff. So yeah, yeah, and it's oh, and it's okay, you know. But you know, all that, you know, I hear, you know, or you know, my, I don't know, my grandmother, they bought their house. It, mm. It's not that time, you know. No, when it not. was really, when the market was, you know, in the summertime when it was blazing hot, you know, <laughs> what you would get for one hundred and fifty dollars last year you know <laughs> it's not the same as what you would get I'm look right no, exactly like no. literally 12 months ago what you would get then it's not the same now you know so yeah you trust 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 the people that you surround yourself with trust your professional they know you know what they're talking about that's why you yeah. think Absolutely. so Absolutely. you know and leave it at that you know and i'm not saying you don't know what you're talking but you get what i'm saying eric like just, i mean if you don't do this you don't know what you're yeah, talking like, about you can know right. a little something but there are things you especially know. again in detroit is just different there are things different. titles and things that you can't see you yeah. don't have access to that you just need to kind of trust your realtor on a seller's disclosure whatever exactly. it may be just a little lot of little things that you should exactly. use in a market like this and i would definitely agree with you that real estate is one of the probably fastest changing industries next to like technology. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's how people build wealth is maybe your house does go up $100,000 yeah, in 12 yeah, months, you know, yeah, and yeah. you sell and now those are what the comps are and everybody's doing that. But at the same time, maybe it goes down $100,000 right. too, depending it, on what the economy right. is. Then what? Gotta be prepared. Right, 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 right. So what would you say to people who are more so looking to invest in Detroit? Do you have anything that comes to mind for them? Because they're all buying and everything, but the intention is different. And I think that really changes the, the um, I think um, 
I guess kind of the same. Which is before you jump into it, um, just because just because you are able to buy a house doesn't make you an investor. Mm, I like that. Say it again. One more time for the people who didn't hear it in the back. Just just because you're able to buy a house does not mean that you're an investor, right? Mm-hmm. And this is and and I think too because we don't want to take anything away from people who actually know how to invest. Sure. It's not just about going into your old neighborhood, throwing down five ten thousand dollars because the house are five to ten thousand dollars, and then you're an investor. No, it's a lot of things with that. You have to know, you know, do you have enough cash to with stay in the house you know what if it you can't rent it out in a certain amount of time mm-hmm. how much is the optimal rent in this neighborhood how much money should i put into the house and how much over the next five years do i get out of that house mm-hmm. so you know it's it's not that you know and I, I don't like that um it seems that people's industries are just saturated with you know people who think they can just do whatever they want you know or they mm-hmm. can just look at a video on youtube within their office and they're just a, a professional <laughs> it's not that so if you want to be an investor you know detroit has a lot of um investment opportunities of course but you know do your research know that area understand that neighborhood know the prices know if do people even rent in this neighborhood is it more section eight based is it more you know all these exactly, <laughs> exactly. All these people things. even live here man yeah like right right you don't even live here you know and if you don't you know don't um don't shy away from getting help from people that live here you know sure. hire a property management yeah. um you know company but do your research just because a neighborhood is vacant or just because the neighborhood looks really bad does not mean development is coming into that neighborhood absolutely every area in detroit is not being redeveloped no and that's that's what i keep trying to get people to understand is yeah you can go get a cheaper house but man nobody's paying attention to that neighborhood which means that even the police in some ways aren't paying attention which means that you're going to deal with a lot of crime you're going to not be able to get help and you know a lot of different things like that and to expound on what you're saying yeah just because you have five five or ten thousand dollars to buy a house because it's five or ten thousand dollars well if you don't have the means to fix it up, you're a slum landlord. And at that point, yeah. you're just part of the problem, right? You yeah. don't need any more boarded houses, yeah. lighted houses, especially yeah. in you know, the areas that are trying to redevelop, because the quicker those areas redevelop, the faster it grows outward. Exactly. So, you're exactly. not a, you know, you're not a, <laughs> you're not right. Investor. You're not. <laughs> you're boarding houses and holding them. Well, you are, I'll take that back. If you're boarding houses and holding I get what them you're saying. and trying to get the money and the growth and you're going to sell it, yeah, you're by definition an investor, but you are a part of the problem here in this city. And right. you're it. a part of the, exactly. You're a part of the problem and not just buying these houses just to, like you said, not fix them up and just hold them. them. Right. and exploit the people that are here that exactly. really need somewhere to stay you know exactly. like, that just kind of defeats the purpose so yeah. and to pinpoint what we were just talking about neighborhood matters so if it's five or ten thousand dollars and you think you're gonna you know make a ton of money off of it by holding it for equity again no one's paying attention to these areas Nobody's so you're likely gonna probably it's gonna be worth five or ten thousand for like three years maybe exactly you know, might exactly up a little bit but if nobody exactly. cares about that area hey well good luck to you right 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 exactly exactly and so what would you say for people who are looking to become realtors in this market any advice to them this is this can be advice um, <laughs> this was just not there were our thoughts i think that okay well because you know i hear this a lot um we need to take this profession serious you mm-hmm. know this is mm-hmm. not just something that people just jump into it's not a hobby I know it looks like that but literally for a lot of people this is how they literally 
live, right? Yes. This is like their only job. This is what they do. So mm. it's kind of a slap in the face when people just feel they can just go and get a license and all of a sudden they're an agent. Mm. It's a lot of moving parts. You have to educate yourself. You have to do certain things and you have to be professional. Oh. You know, um, mm. And it looks like they're trying to phase us out, you know, just from all the things that, that are going on, you Absolutely. know. All these companies are trying to sell homes now. I mean, you know, that's a whole nother topic. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, a lot you of need talk, us. Oh my God, right? A lot of talk about our money. You know, it's yes. a lot of stuff. Yeah, so, yeah, I forgot about that. If you are trying to be an agent, you need to take it seriously from day one. Take it Absolutely. seriously because literally this, this is people's livelihood. You know, Absolutely. if they don't sell, they can be on the street, you know. Absolutely. So take it seriously. Do, you know, take the education seriously. It's not just about, and I hear this from my mentor, you know, it's not just about being on social media and just posting pictures. And- <laughs> Man, that's, it's so true, especially here. You know, a lot of markets are already active and thriving and oversaturated with realtors. But yeah, a lot of people are, oh, I'm a realtor. And it's all about your Instagram and your social media and yep. standing in some vacant house with a hammer. Yep. Like, I yep. did that. Like, <laughs> yep. But yep. at the end of the day, too, it's more problematic for agents who are serious and full-time like us. Yeah. Because there are people who take these listings of family members or friends and they're part-time. But, well, this might not be such a problem anymore. But when people were still working, like, nine to fives at work i couldn't get in touch with them during the day when i was trying to show the house they don't answer the phone so we need realtors who you know i see your name on a listing or your brokerage i can feel reassured that you guys are professional i've had all types of people yeah yeah won't answer the phone won't give us the emd back oh my god that's so true because you start to learn you know us as yes. you kind of go around you know yes. and you know you can you start to see oh okay they're cool or you know whatever they're not cool exactly. you know so yeah, don't <laughs> yeah yeah so I think just just take it seriously like um you know it's take it seriously this is you know not something that you can just do and then you know and I, I like I said I'm still learning you know a lot I learned we're, we're learning every, until the end of this probably oh it's changing like, right I, I learned something, something new every things. single day so yeah. just take it seriously, you know, do your, do get your education, take it seriously, you know, and just respect the fact that, you know, people do this, do this, you know what I mean? We do this. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like, (laughs) and if you haven't got your gray hairs yet, you're not a realtor. Uh, (laughs) Not yet. You were all those memes where like people were pulling out their hair. Like Eric, when I say that has kicked my butt, I like, was like what in the world is going on with this market but i survived it some kind of way and (laughs) you're a survivor you know a lot of people just kind of got out or just going much right now but i think part of what's going to be helpful for us is the connection right me connecting Mm -hmm. with you and other people and us kind of just having a network where we can make things happen in trade because at the end of the day if we want to bring the city back and the markets back we need to bring population yeah yeah so i'm not i mean i'm competitive but i'm not like oh i don't want you to get a listing before i get a list i want right, to bring exactly. people into these neighborhoods so that exactly. other people want to be in these neighborhoods and people care about it, right not just exactly. like oh, there's a box on the ground i'm going to step over it and yeah, seven months yeah, later that yeah. box is still there until it blows down the street like it's curb appeal but yeah, awesome. yeah. <laughs> so all right here we are you ready yeah i'm ready okay what is your craziest detroit story real estate wise or just detroit in general Mm-hmm. Tell me you got oh, some. Craziest. Okay, so like, okay, so 
I don't know if you probably don't know. So I have a background in property management. So I did property management for about 10 years. Oh, wow. Me too. So a lot of my craziest is probably. Oh, well, that's fine too. Um, That's crazier than probably day-to-day real estate. Listen, property management. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I had, okay. Uh, A lady, um, a lady was drunk and she drove into a building and her car was in somebody's uh, bedroom. Wow. Crazy. Uh, (laughs) Ceilings falling on this lady in her living room ceiling cave because they didn't use um they use liquid glue liquid nails yep okay yep they fell right on her and her daughter oh my god Uh, luckily they were okay but still it was drywall uh uh, a a murder You're not the first one. <laughs> a couple, couple more. I'm not laughing because of that. You know, of course, not, yeah, I'm just no, like just Detroit though. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh trying to go into a house thinking it's good, you know, an investment property. You walk into the house and then it's like two giant pit bulls, like basically hanging out the window. And you know, the agent didn't have any idea it was dogs in the house, you know. So thank God that we stopped. I almost lost my life. Uh <laughs> uh, I don't know, walking into a house. Oh, something's gone. You know, this yeah, no, yeah. At least you had one. Some people don't have any at all. So I mean you, you got one, uh, you got several. Like, <laughs> a lot of it is from the property management. Property yeah. management is a lot you know it's just that's just the nature of property management it doesn't matter what suburb you're in or i mean the cities are probably a little bit crazier but at the end of the day people's day-to-day lives are crazy nuts and you get some insight into things that you don't want oh my goodness i tell people all the time like listen you don't know anybody until you know how they are at home so you see how they live yes you see how they live oh man I've seen some of the nicest looking, well-dressed people who oh, and they are the nastiest. Like, oh, oh, oh. I'll protest too loudly, huh? <laughs> oh my gosh. I used to work at what well, I'm not gonna say where it is, but in Midtown by DMC. Okay. And I'm Jesus. I know where it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I do, no one else. The nastiest, <laughs> the nastiest, the nastiest. Nasty. So yeah, property management has is by short the the worst. It's yeah. cool. It's cool, but if you're in property management, you're probably well equipped to be equipped to be a realtor. I, I would you know say what? That. A lot of people make that transition. Because probably because it's probably I a made, better life. <laughs> I made the transition and it was just a lot easier. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, and even with the property manager I was doing, um, I was working for a company. So that helps, you know, because they sure. took a lot of the stuff. But just day to day on the ground with that stuff is a lot, you yeah. know. Um, Oh, Shout I know all the property managers. <laughs> yeah, we, we value we value you, especially if you're really actually doing a good job. Right, right. And right. if you're really trying it, you know. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. All okay. right. Yeah. We got a quick word from our sponsors. Is worker real estate getting you down? Are you feeling burned out or depressed? Well, there's a solution you can use right from the comfort and privacy of your own home computer. Center for Establishing Recovery is Metro Detroit's leading provider for e-therapy. If you're in need of a listening ear, contact Center for Establishing Recovery at establishingrecovery.com. Again, that website, establishingrecovery.com. If you have a question or a topic you're interested in having us discuss or interested in coming on as a guest, advertising, real estate services, or sponsoring an episode, go to brickandmortardetroit.com slash podcast. 
Again, brickandmortardetroit.com slash podcast. Well, Afton, is there anything you'd like to share or promote before we end? No, I think that's it. Thank you. I have fun. I oh, hope yeah, it- this is good. I'm going to have you back. I definitely am. So yeah. where, where, where can people follow you, find you? Let us know. Um, I am mostly on Facebook. Um, so My Facebook business is uh, Afton Realtor. And then, I'm sorry, Realtor Afton. And then Instagram is um, at Afton Realtor. Right. So those are my two main things um, that I post. And yeah, that's okay. That's- Perfect. And we will definitely post your information in your episode, your bio and everything okay. like that on our website. So it is Afton, A-F-T-A-N. I made the mistake. Yes. Oh, yeah. So don't awesome. make that mistake. All right. Well, that is it. Today, you've been listening to Breaking Mortar Detroit podcast, where we discuss business, real estate, lifestyle, and travel. I'm your host, Eric Andrews, founder and owner of Breaking Mortar Detroit Real Estate Brokerage. I started this podcast for boots on the ground insights from not just one, but as many industry professionals that I could find. As always, don't just dream, build your dream. Follow us on Instagram at Brick and Mortar DET. For everything else, brickandmortardetroit.com slash podcast. Brick and Mortar Detroit podcasts and newsletters reflect the opinions of only the authors who are associated guests of podcasts and do not reflect the views of Brick and Mortar Detroit LLC or any of its subsidiaries or affiliates. They are for informational purposes only and are not a recommendation of an investment strategy or to buy or sell any home, security, or asset in any market. They are also not research reports and are not intended to serve as the basis for any investment decision. Any third-party information provided therein does not reflect the views of Brick and Mortar Detroit LLC or any of their subsidiaries or affiliates. All investments involve risk, including the loss of money, principal, and past market performance does not guarantee future results. We always recommend you enlist a professional entity for any investment decision you may 